0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Documentation Not Included, Tech Industry Podcast presented by DNI Stream, the live repository, knowledge, the live knowledge repository for software professionals. Someday I'll get it right and it will be okay.
1: Shall I do that from now? <laughs> I got it perfect last weekend. Last week. No,
0: no. <laughs> <need> no, to- <laughs> no, absolutely not. It is March 26th, Thursday, 7 p.m. British time. We are live on twitch.tv/slash DNI stream. I'm Josie Howarth, and I sound very weird because I am sick still. <laughs> and as always, I am joined by the best co-host ever, whose beard will continue to grow and be epic, Chris Seebach.
1: Mm, yes. Hello, Josie, and hello to everybody in Twitch chat. There's a few people having a having a go already. Uh, as always, please do get involved with the show. It is live, and we field questions, and we've got a cool little sound today as well. When we uh, when we read a question out, which I don't think Simon will hear unless he's watching the live stream, but Josie knows what it is. So, hopefully, <laughs> if you say anything relevant, you'll get to hear it. You'll get to hear it. Um, before we get going. As I just uh, just kind of introduced, we have a guest today, a returning guest uh, Simon Young. For those of our listeners that missed you last time, please do introduce yourself.
2: Hi, yeah, my name's Simon Young, and um, I'm a chartered accountant, and um, my practice is called Asgarf Chartered Accountants. And yeah, pleased to be uh, here-, here this evening. Thanks very much. <laughs> Duff.
0: Yes. And before we begin, as always, we get our icebreaker question. It's a chance to get to know us better. It has absolutely nothing to do with anything about our topic at all. And, yeah, get to learn a little bit about each other. So my question for you is this. When things break, do you prefer to fix them or replace them?
1: Mm. Yes, Sonna?
2: <laughs> I can answer this one, but, you know,
1: it's, it's polite. It's only polite.
2: Uh-huh. I, th- I think generally it's uh replace them i'm not uh, a fixer i'm not technically minded and um yeah unfortunately it's just yeah replace
0: so if your washing machine breaks you don't call a fixer person you just replace your washing machine
2: well we're, we will try but it's so difficult to find the right person who can come along and twiddle a few knobs and suddenly get it working again but um we have been known to do that because um some shirt companies insist on putting stupid little metal things in your um collar and you're supposed to take them out every time you mm-hmm. put them in the uh, washing machine and yours truly forgot and i got told off because it cost <laughs> loads be... of money for a fixer I'm... to come out and fix it
1: <laughs> i must have cheap um cheap uh, uh, shirts because i'm are plastic but they still get stuck in things so you know um for me it is depends and it depends on it's not the cost of something it's the value that something has so for example if my mackie speakers broke right they are Mm. a fairly high cost repairable item that i can't really the value to me is quite high so i would go and i've got an electronic engineer that i could go and get and fixed but if my washing machine broke i'm I get to a point with my washing machine where I'm so sick of it anyway, I might as well go and buy a new one. You know, if my computer breaks down, if a component in my computer breaks down, I can't fix that. And there's very few people that you can get to fix that. So I'll buy a new bit. So it, mm. it does depend, you know. I mean, most of the time I'll I'll buy something new. But it, if if it was my dad, it is fix and patch and make do and still have the same iron 40 years later and i've still got the same microwave by the way that i had i think i've said this on the podcast before that my mom and dad got as a present when they got married which is over nearly 40 years ago now
2: gosh
0: they don't make them like they used to what about clothing do you stitch or patch your clothing or yarn it darn it or or is it more just oh well it's now a rag and now we just you know replace it
2: it depends how bad it is. Um a jumper of mine's just been uh darn because I left it on the back of the chair and our puppy took it down and the next thing I knew there was like a nice hole in the arms. So uh, that's kind of been darn, but yeah, it, it depends whether it's possible or not. I'd say generally no, but that sounds really <laughs> bad.
1: A, another value thing again for me. It it depends if it's a <laughs> pair of socks that my wife's made, and they'll get fixed. They'll get they'll get patched. Um, usually, depending on how bad the, the breakage is. If it's something I bought from a shop, normally I'll just... Okay.
0: Yeah, see, for me, it's it's sort of the same thing. It's about, can we actually repair it? And then, if we need to bring someone else in, is it really worth bringing someone else in? Or is it more affordable to not and just Ooh. replace it? Because sometimes you take something to get a repair and someone will come in and be like, yeah, it's going to be about 400 to fix it. And we're like, we can just buy a new one for like 75 Y. No
1: okay. Volstrasch has said, try to fix it and then replace it. If if he can't fix it. And Tiltepé has just said, uh, it it is sensible. There is way too many things thrown away all the time. And I agree with that completely. I uh, agree. We're we're a disposable society. If I can fix it, I will. But it really does depend on how. I, I tried to get my last 4K monitor fixed. I found somebody to do it but the cost was ridiculous. It was, it was easy. It was quicker and cheaper to buy, uh, much quicker, in fact. That was the main thing, to buy uh, any 4K monitor. That's MR. the
0: thing. I think it's also how quickly you need the object as well. I
1: waited, <laughs> I think it was two years, to get some custom speakers for one of my base cabinets from America who had to get it from China, and this was years and years ago. But they were, again, they, were, they weren't that expensive individually, but they were, altogether, it was quite an expensive fix and... I couldn't have replaced the cabinet I had to get these individual parts so yeah, depends
0: Yeah, it's funny you mentioned the microwave thing because it just made me think of the fact, um, my father-in-law bless his cotton little socks uh, I believe he has two full-size anvils that's a thing Like, <laughs> do, you, do
1: you ever need to repair an anvil?
0: Um, I think anvils are used to repair things I believe.
1: Is he a blacksmith? Hit, hit things on. He's,
0: he's not a blacksmith, no, but he does. He, <laughs> he has tools. And then when, when a tool needs to be replaced, um, somehow he ends up with three sets of the tools and one goes to my husband, one goes to my brother-in-law, and one goes to him. And then he'll find a way to fix the tool that he already has. So there's <laughs> extra tools. Present. I love my father-in-law so much, but keep him at a Home Depot. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Holy cow. But yes, so that is our icebreaker, Chris.
1: <laughs> Excellent. So yes, anyway. So on to today's show. It's on about the on about the thrilling subject of end of year accounts for small businesses. Um I mean, I like accounting. I don't care what anybody says. I'm one of them weird people. I enjoy the business side of what I do as well, as well as the accounting side. You know, I've I enjoy being a business person, a business owner. Um, mm-hmm. but There's a slight twist on today. Because of the current kind of government-imposed quarantine that we're under at the moment with the COVID-19 thing, we want to really focus on is there anything different about this year? Because we're coming up to the end of the tax year in the UK, um, and this is why we've got an expert on to talk about it, because I'm probably using all the wrong terminology here. But we're coming up to the end of the tax year. Um, Our accounts are due, or something, and hopefully we'll we'll go over that. Um, But is there anything additional that I know HMRC have done some announcements and wow. they've maybe put some new things in place to help people possibly? So
0: before we before we let him answer the many questions you are now currently throwing in his I'm, face, not,
1: I'm not asked the question. I just yet. want
0: to I just want to stress this is UK based. Yep. For those of you who are listening to us from other countries, be aware that you'll probably want to find your own version of Simon for your country. Although good luck, because he's one of a kind. <laughs>
1: Thank you. So the question is, is there anything specific that we need to worry about as small business owners?
2: Ah, oh, Good question. Uh, well, as you said, um, in the UK, the end of the tax year is the 5th of April. So if you're self-employed, and by that I mean self-employed, not trading through a company, then that's the end of your... Um, tax year end probably and you've got your self-assessment tax return that will have to be prepared and filed by the end of january there are all sorts of things happening it's trying to keep up to date with the sort of almost daily releases so um there's a whole load of stuff about self-employed and but if you're just keeping to normally to a normal tax year if you think you're profits are too high then there's things like putting into pensions and things like that which might reduce your profits or if you're worried that this last month and a bit are going to turn any profits into a loss then if we can get if you can get your accounts and your tax return filed sooner and you've got a loss you can carry that back one year and you might be able to get a tax refund it just depends on how much you relied on the last six weeks two months to make any profits
1: so we're, we, what you've just mentioned there are quite the, the general things that we need to do at the end of our our year. I think we covered some of this last time you were on. I can't remember. I've forgotten what the subject was actually. We were, we were specifically talking about, but I'm pretty sure that we went through in a fair amount of detail how to you know prepare your accounts or how it set. Wasn't it yeah. setting up a company? Wasn't that what we were doing?
0: It was. It was. we was a lot of discussion about why you should have an accountant. Period.
1: Yeah, and I think yeah, it was you know, yeah, it and, was more and, of a let the let the experts do it but you know do what they say as well <laughs> um, so in in this specific instance is there anything because of the quarantine because of the the pandemic that we are currently under is there anything specific that has changed that you're aware of at the moment um that we need to be aware of or we Say, for example, if my accountant comes to me and says something like, oh, this is additional this year because of this. What do I need to look out for? What has changed?
2: Well, if you're self-employed, then one thing that's changed that's going to be good news is that um, your tax payments on account in July is going to be pushed back to January, so you've got a 6 months extension. So, normally when you file your tax return, you, if you're tax is over a thousand pounds you have to pay something in advance for the current tax year if you're self-employed and you're into that payments on account then instead of paying some in july you don't need to pay it in july you won't be charged any interest and automatically you can pay that in um, january 2021
1: you couldn't possibly just say oh this year we'll let you off with your your payments on account which is totally unfair anyway and it doesn't make any sense i hate it it's the one thing about paying tax that really annoys me you get going off
0: earlier because of it. Sorry, I'm we, about to cough. Dude. So we,
1: we have, uh, for payments, for those who aren't aware, as far, again, please correct me um, if I'm wrong here. The technical detail of what I say is probably going to be incorrect, but the general gist of, of how it works. So this year, for example, say you've got £3,000 tax to pay personally you know, on your self-assessment. self What you have to do is you have to pay 4500 tax next year because you've had 3000 so you have to pay half of what you've just paid in advance of next year's payment and then you have to pay the entire amount of the next year's tax before it actually comes up and then get a rebate if you actually don't get that much i've never had to pay that much tax on two two years in a row so i always get a rebate because my because i'm self employed my 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 income fluctuates
2: is that co- technically correct <laughs> <sighs> yes or no normally when i explain this to a client i like to look them in the eyes and then when i can see the eyes gloss over i know i've kind of lost them and
0: i am a glass-eyed like listener of stuff i really
2: am so essentially if in one tax year you owed three thousand pounds of tax so the tax year finished the 5th of april the following 31st of january you have to pay the three thousand pounds because that's your first year it's more than a thousand pounds you have to then pay in addition to the three thousand pounds another one thousand five hundred in advance and that's january come july you have to pay another fifteen hundred pounds but when you get to the next january if your tax was three thousand pounds you've already paid three thousand pounds so that's nil but you have to pay another fifty percent i fifteen hundred in january so once you're in it it's not too bad if the tax rules stay roughly the same and if your profits stay roughly the same it's the year you go in it's a complete nightmare Um, the problem with me
1: is is i do this every couple of years because some years i have very little income and then other years i have a fair amount of income so i'm up and down all over the place and it's it's a a lot of additional administration having to tell hmrc that i am I'm not due to pay it. And then they have to argue back to me and say, oh, we think you are, but I'm not because I look at my accounts, you know, where you go. Uh, It's just, (laughs) it really annoys me that you just have to, you're expected to pull this stuff, this extra £3,000 a year out of thin air for not actually having earned it. I mean, to me, when I pay for something, I pay for something when I've, you know, when I get the goods, they're getting the money
2: before I've even done the work. Is, yes is and no. Right? I I don't want to argue on behalf of HMRC. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm not but you to. <laughs>
0: <though>. <laughs> Simon usually likes to sit there and go, what is HMRC doing this time? Now you're making him defend, him, Chris? <laughs> Chris, oh,
1: defend them, Chris. Don't
0: defend them. We've got
2: contractors him? watching this. No one. Will <laughs>
0: <laughs> don't break my Simon, Chris. Don't break him. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but they do have a slight case, but they kind of introduced it in a way of not increasing the tax rates, but getting everybody to pay a bit more tax up front, so they'd get m- more of our money sooner without increasing the rates. So the headlines weren't they weren't grabbing a load more money, but they've just accelerated when you pay it.
0: Mm. Anyway,
2: moving on. Yeah. So,
0: yeah, <laughs>
2: it's a pain. It's
1: annoying. It it's just a annoying. It's, a, it's an assumption I don't like. I don't like the fact that, I. you know, we all have to pay tax. I have no problem with paying tax. I just find it really funny that I have to pay extra tax because I'm self-employed because they think that I've earned that I haven't even I haven't even filed for them for that that set that um that amount of tax yet I ha- they don't even know that I have that much money available but I could you, have you been really reduce struggling you can make payments on account but if you get it wrong they'll charge you interest that's exactly my point they charge me interest on in something that I haven't earned yet oh anyway right let's just move away you know what
0: i i'm I'm going to i'm going to put a a big old like door close on that lock it up and shove it off i'm not shouting
1: at you simon i'm I'm, i (laughs) just really struggle understanding why that even is exists and why it's i know a lot of people are in that boat, you know but it just i struggle to understand why it's a a thing okay so back to the actual question which we had
0: Well, I'm actually going going to pull us slightly into the looping of our topic and our title. I mean, our title is There's No Accounting for COVID. Now, right now, we're going through what is technically termed a pandemic. And this is having a massive, massive impact, not just on people who work in small businesses, but people who are employees or people who have employees. And there are a lot of fascinating things that are kicking in. So I have heard, and I'm going to start asking a random question. I've heard about SSP being implemented. Now, can you define for people what SSP is? Especially if they've got employees or if you found yourself on SSP. And so, uh, go. Any Anything that has an impact, at least with regards to where we're at. Because I'm uh, sure that something has happened within the government in HMRC. They're being nice to people, right?
2: Oh, with a bit there. Supposedly they're being nice. Um, So in in the UK, there were loads of fantastic headlines last week, and it all sounded like uh, all our Christmases had come at once. They're going to give us a load of money, and everything was going to be financially okay. And then since then, the details come out, and it's not quite as you know generous as you know they're going to be. They're not. Boris isn't Santa Claus. Um,
0: (laughs) That is not an image I needed put in my brain. Oh my god. (laughs)
2: <laughs> sorry Josie. so yeah ssp statutory sick pay which is not there's nothing statutory about it apart from employers have to pay it if they if their staff are ill and traditionally employers it's just another cost so in, in in the past if an employee was ill for more than three days and the three days could start on a saturday or sunday but on the after three days had passed on the fourth day the company had to pay statutory sick pay And then that was just a cost of the company. The company paid it to the employee. They couldn't recover it anymore from the government or anything. And that was it. So what they've said with people have to um, self-isolate or if they get coronavirus, then starting on day one, they're entitled to SSP and the employer can recover the full first two weeks of the SSP and somehow magically that's going to be repaid to the employer the trouble is there's no mechanism in place there's no what i have no idea how they're going to do it um so that employers have to every time they pay staff have to let send a report to hmrc of who's being paid what Things like statutory maternity pay, they can recover because that's one of the fields you send the data to. And all the payroll software knows it and HMRC's website knows it and employers can recover statutory maternity pay. So there's a scheme for that. That's all set up. There's nothing for statutory sick pay. There's no way at the moment of letting the government know. So they've introduced this fantastic scheme. Employers are having to pay out for the employees. And they've said they're going to re- refund the employees. But goodness knows when or how that's going to to come about.
1: So basically, the employers still have to foot the bill until they can get a refund from the government. Yeah. But I was—I actually thought the statutory sick pay, I thought the word statutory meant that the government paid it.
2: No, it just means that you're legally obliged to pay it. Okay, right. right. Some governments, hate, before I think governments did refund it, but um, obviously in some penny-pinching they they decided to get rid of it so the word statutory sick pay just means it's a law you have the employer has to pay that amount off normally after 3 days and now for coronavirus you have to pay it straight away but you will get the first 2 weeks back
1: so it's like it's like the um pension enrollment stuff so that that's a cost that can't be you know it's a law that's been put yeah. in place in in the UK and Employers have to pay pensions for employees if they earn over a certain threshold and do more, more than a certain amount mm-hmm. of hours, but they uh, they can't recover that from the government. It's just a cost that an employer has to factor into the fact when they yeah. take somebody on board, right?
0: Cost of business. Yeah. 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 Which is why many of us are kind of hesitant to bring anybody on board, because, oh my gosh. <laughs>
2: well, yes, yeah, so and which is and why in interviews they ask about what your six records like, because you don't want to start having to take somebody on unfortunately and um you know a lot of small businesses can't afford to keep paying people statutory sick pay you employ somebody because there's a job for them to do and unfortunately if they're going to be ill it, it's it's hard for small businesses. Hmm.
0: You know this actually it's sort of a a side thing but you know one of the results uh, or one of the effects I should say that ends up happening with covid-19 right now is people even though they do recover from the actual virus itself, some of them are losing, you know, up to 15% capacity of their lung usage. And this means they're going to have long-term impacts from what this virus is saying, or what this virus has done to their body. Mm. And it, it just makes me wonder if we're going to actually see changes in things because of that. But then again, what about working from home? You know, if someone is working from home and they're sick it's a little easier to work from home when you're sick. I know I'm working from home sick right now, but, you know, I, I run my own company. I kind of have to. If I don't work, my, my company shuts down.
1: But that's the same with a lot of, a lot of contractors as well. The, the, the contractor's sick rate is generally a lot lower than em, uh, an equivalent employee sick rate because essentially the way, that, the way that I used to look at it, I certainly don't look at it these days now because I'd rather have six months of the year off or three months of the year or whatever, you know, or doing other things, you know, working on other projects or just having time off um but the time you're off you're not invoicing and it's seen as lost income or lost potential income because you don't have a guaranteed job you know you don't have a a guaranteed full-time employment you might be a full-time contractor but you're only there for three months so yeah when you're sick you don't get paid and that's across the board there's no there's no statutory sick pay and i learned um this week or last week from somebody on LinkedIn um, who's a, an IR35 uh, specialist that um, if you're an employee, sorry, if you're a director, i.e. an office holder of your own company, you're not classed as an employee even if you get paid a wage. If you don't have a contract in place, uh, a physical contract, there's, there's an implied contract there, but you're not classed as an employee, therefore you're not um, entitled to statutory sick pay from your own company. You have to have a contract in place before that and again i'm not a lawyer so please look that up if you if you care about that but if you think about
0: well, that now, I, I'm, I'm looking
1: at simon, simon is this true there are
2: certain things <laughs> with um with directors and whether you actually have a contract or not and even if you don't have a written contract you have an implied contract so some of the pension rules that chris has already mentioned don't apply to directors if they don't have a contract. But if they do have a contract, the pension rules in the UK will apply to them. So off the top of my head, I don't know about the statutory sick pay, but I could believe that is the case. But The um, the
1: same applies for minimum working hours and working time practices as well as an employee. And I know this for a fact because it's something I've argued with my clients previously when they've said to me, uh, you must have an hour for lunch every day. I don't have to have an hour for lunch. I can work a full seven and a 12-hour day without a break if I wanted to because I direct my own company. Not that it's sensible to do that, but arguably it's not up to them when I have lunch and how I do things, you know, not just because of the control rules. but
2: Yeah, directors are outside the working time, director outside the minimum wage. Yep. So I, I advise clients when they uh, perhaps have a family member coming on and they expect them to work all the hours, that God gives, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, they probably ought to make him a director just to protect them mm. against an employee, you know, tribunal case. Even if it is a relative, a spouse, whatever, you know, you just need to protect if you're going to be doing that type of thing. Yes.
1: So back onto the sick pay thing then. So we've talked about employee sick pay. We've talked about uh, we we've briefly touched on uh, self-employed sick pay. So that's somebody who doesn't have a limited company, but we haven't really talked about. Uh, Something that came out this week, there was a bit more clarity and I hope you've got some information on it Simon because I haven't read that much, I've been so busy. Um, But people like myself and Josie who are directors of our own company who we're not entitled to SSP from our own companies but we're also not entitled to the 80% rule that's coming, you know the 80% of income Something I, I can't remember what it was now, but basically the government have released a statement saying that employees can claim up to 80% of their wage or something like that.
2: But that well, let's talk a bit about the 80% of the wage and then we'll come back okay. to people, directors of small companies. So, yeah, last week we were told that the government was going to pay 80% of everybody's wage. But since then, the information's come out that it's only going to be for employees who put on furlough. So basically... you. As an employer, you have to turn around to a member of staff and you have to communicate with them that they're being put on furlough. They're not to do any work. You're not to ask them to do any work. They're to sit at home and do nothing. And then up to £2,500 per month of their salary, the government will reimburse at some point on an online portal. that HMRC are going to set up, which doesn't exist yet, So,
1: (laughs) Is it it CEST version 2? Are they going to release another broken tool that doesn't do its job properly?
2: Well, making tax digital, the VAT stuff, that keeps crashing. All the people who filed their tax returns, self-assessment tax returns on the 31st of January, they crashed the system. I have no trust, no ability to believe that HMRC can set up a new online portal that no one knew about last week and have it set up in a timely manner that's going to work. Because every single company is going to be bombarding that portal with members of st- staff and how much they pay and there might be other information as well sorry JC.
0: i'm just going to say i know how they could do it hire chris
1: <laughs> you know what the nhs could help i could help the nhs as well so all their uh all their process inefficiency problems as well so <laughs>
0: there <are> SSO issues <laughs> <laughs> oh those poor guys so oh, my heart okay breaks. so so yeah, I was aware
1: that there was this 80% they were going to pay up to two and a half grand and 80% of someone's wage. Well,
2: 80% of two and a half grand, so they'll pay £2,000 up to...
1: No, I, I, okay. I thought it was 80% right, no. so, of so their wage up to £2,000. Half... Two
2: Sorry. If someone's salary is £2,500, the government will reimburse 80% of that, i.e. £2,000.
1: So if it's three thousand pounds salary, then they would yeah, no. Get he's and it,
2: and he's cut off his two and a half. You'd still yeah. two thousand pounds is the maximum. The employer still has to pay the employer's national insurance, still has to pay the employer's pension, et cetera. Et cetera. They'll just get up to two thousand pounds.
1: Which, to be fair, I even think that's quite fair because the government didn't have to do that at the end of the day. And but I'm what not about
2: sure... the situation where somebody's working at home? because the office is shut, because that's what we've been told to do. But they're not working at full capacity. From the employer's point of view, you know, if someone's only working 40% of their capacity, because they're working remotely, it's difficult to get work to them, it's difficult to monitor what they're actually doing – the employer has to pay hundred percent of their salary, or we'll get nothing back from the government unless they put them on furlough and stop giving them work
1: to do. Yeah, it's that furlough thing, isn't it? So if they put them yeah. on furlough and they can't do, it's like garden leave essentially. It's the same, similar kind yeah. of thing. They they can't do any work. That means that they're paying twenty percent. They're cutting their costs by eighty percent. The employer they're paying twenty percent of their costs, but they're not getting that twenty percent or any percentage of well, productivity. So they're still there's still an incentive for them to get rid of employer employees in that instance because they well, can yeah, still it's... save that extra
2: 20%. If you've got a new employee who's been with you less than a year or two and you don't need to pay any redundancy, I can see why employers might still have the attitude, well, let's just get rid of them.
1: Mm.
0: Well, I, it's, mm.
1: I mean, I'm not yeah, saying I've that's morally that correct. but no, Agreed.
0: We're talking business. Is there that's... such a thing as ethics in business? There bloody well be. That's, the that's thing. what I'm going <laughs> to say. I, I get so annoyed by ethics and business. I do. <laughs> so the so what work. they've introduced yeah.
2: today is um, they've said that the people who are truly self-employed, I don't have a limited company, can have up to two thousand five hundred eighty percent of that back to their two thousand pounds, based on their average monthly profits over the last three years. Self assessment. So that's fine if you've been self-employed for a while. If you're an employee.
1: So are they? Are they subject to the same rules? Do they have to put themselves on law? Uh, the no, self- no, no.
2: They they can still work. Okay. So the <laughs> self
1: the self employed the self employed
2: can, can still work. Yeah. So what's left is people like Josie and you and myself who are directors of our own company. We can't get SSP. You know, we, we've probably got a whole s- small salary and dividends because of the way the the tax rates that the government's introduced at the moment. Now the three groups we're the Group that's worse off.
1: Yes, we are. At the same time, though, I'm I'm still better off than my next door neighbour who's been fired from his factory job. Yeah. Um, or whatever it is, redundant, made redundant. I don't don't know what yeah. the official term is for his particular situation, but yeah, if someone's I'm off their st-
2: job, they'll be worse off. Yes, I, I would agree. Yeah.
1: But at the same time, there's there's a kind of a well, duty for people like us to have this war chest. To have this money served up.
0: Well, to... That's what I was just about to ask about because there is a thing that has been made mention, something like Siblis.
2: Yes. So, um
0: <laughs> you can see Simon gearing up. He's sitting here ready.
2: Oh boy, here we go. No, so, so, so basically,
0: for Coronavirus Business Interruption Loan Scheme.
2: Yes. And the British Bank, which is a. Uh... A government organization will guarantee to lenders who have applied to be part of the scheme this wonderful 80% of the loan. Um, for 12 months, the loan is supposed to be interest free. It could be an overdraft, it could be a factoring, it could be a, a loan. It can't be more than six years. So, they could, the, a bank could offer you a six year loan first year, interest free, and then you just pay interest from years two to six but trying to get hold of a bank it's a complete nightmare Uh, my bank didn't phone me back today um somebody's told me about another bank where they emailed the form to the right email address and this is one of the top four banks in the uk and they got a a reply saying their inbox was full
1: (laughs) that's not surprising that happens
2: (laughs) but But I wouldn't expect it from a bank. Yeah, fine. I could tell you about certain clients where you get that. But a bank.
0: Yeah, but what is this whole simplest thing? What is is it supposed to do? What is the requirement for being eligible? What are the general, like, is it even worth looking at as a small business? Why would you even look at it?
2: it, It's available to all sectors. It's worth looking at. But you do have to repay the money. It's not a grant; it's a loan or an overdraft facility. You've got to repay. It is interest free. It's available to companies that were a profitable business at the end in February. So as long as you can demonstrate, but you know that up to February that you had a profitable business, then they should consider you. I mean, obviously, if the company was about to go bust in February or you know before all this kicked off then no bank would 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 lend to your company um so yes it's um it's so it's for companies whose turnover is less than 45 million so probably you know most of us you know have all of that um so the business proposal it's it says as if it weren't for the current pandemic, would be considered viable by the lender, for which the lender believes that the provision of finance will enable the business to trade out of any short to medium-term difficulty. Um, So it goes back to what Chris has said about, you know, for those businesses that don't have the war chest or are worried about their customers not paying them, you know, it it might be the right thing for them.
1: Yeah, so basically the only option that a limited company director has is get a loan from a bank that you will we won't have interest in for the first year, and that's going to be government subsidised.
2: Yeah, so basically, if if you can't afford to pay it back, the bank's got to demonstrate they've tried their best to get the money from you, or you know, or your company, and then they can get eighty percent of the the money back from the government. I love
1: that eighty percent figure, don't they? <sighs> ah,
2: who knows where they got it from?
1: Yeah, it's just pulling that out of the air randomly. So it's so easy that, for me to remember
0: yeah <laughs> uh, well there's actually a mathematical 80 20 thing but that's a whole whole different discussion of things but no it's it's an interesting thing because i know for a lot of freelancers they're losing contracts they're being contracts are being canceled left right and center there is uh there was already at least here in the uk a um a sort of sense of panic involving IR35. Are you in? Are you out? Should we have contractors come in because it's an added extra annoyance? And there was a hesitancy in the market for contractors and freelancers. And then this happens. And there is a sense of panic, especially for the people who do go for the, you know, three, six type contracts, three, six month, uh, three, six, one year type contracts. And there is a fear about, well, can I even stay like this? And if I choose not to be a freelancer anymore, is it even going to be possible if i able to get a job? So the idea that there is something that gives incentive to banks to want to agree to loans for those smaller individuals who are the solo contractors, the small business directors, and things like that, that's a good thing. But at the same time, it is also a terrifying thought in the long term. Yeah. For- because it is a loan. Like you said, it is not a grant. It is not someone sitting there going, ha ha ha, you have money, go forth and prosper and, and buy that yacht you've always wanted. Although I don't ever want to own a yacht. Point being though, it's not meant for frivolous expenditures, but being able to pay your own salary to yourself in this time when it's so hard to even have a job, it's nice to see that there's something there. But again, if you are having clients right now, Simon, who are having problems even getting close to that door to open it
2: well oh, yeah,
1: so there was we I, I'm not sure if anybody mentioned the the means tested aspect of of this as well because that was one of the things was that to do with the self employed the means tested um
0: I'm not even certain what means tested is so Chris. But-
1: <laughs> means <laughs> tested my, just my means that just
0: went average.
1: All right, so you've you've earned you've earned thirty grand this year or whatever, uh, you know, as a self employed. I, th- I can't remember if it was self employed or it was uh, means tested directors. I think it's a self employed, but there was apparently you. They haven't announced what this means test is going to be exactly, but normally, like say for example, somebody's on benefits, they are usually means tested. They usually get a ben only get benefits if they don't have three thousand pounds in the bank and they haven't earned x amount over the last five years from various different sources or something like that that's what means tested means it means that if you it's supposed to be it's supposed to um separate the the wealthy or the independently wealthy from the people who are struggling or people who are on the breadline, but it's not a particularly good way of doing it either it doesn't particularly work very well do you know anything about the the means test have they announced anything to do with this means test or
2: i don't i it doesn't ring any bells i mean they, right. they, they've they introduced something about universal credit but it, which is a, a state benefit but i don't hmm. know much about that so um
1: I could have just read a comment on LinkedIn or something, but I thought there was an article I I, I saw, didn't read it, obviously, but I thought it was an article I saw saying that they were bringing in a means test for, I think it was self the self-employed 80-20 benefit thing.
0: Yeah, Jehula well, here, and if you want to use our fa- a fancy chat thing, Chris, because I forgot yes. to load it up, but Jehula said, isn't there means testing for universal credit, which was originally touted as the support for self-employed folks?
1: Possibly, yeah. I mean, there's been yeah, a lot I think lot that's of probably
2: what it is, yeah.
1: Okay, so maybe that's a bit of misinformation there, so I apologise if I've confused anybody and wasted a few minutes I, rambling.
0: You <laughs> know what? I think we're all confused, Chris. You know, I think that's what it comes down to is we're all trying to do the best that we can, but we're all confused. I, I mean, the other I'm, thing I'm, they've I'm,
2: introduced I'm, is um, your VAT that needs paying between now and the end of June, you don't need to pay that until... Until... Until March next year. So, but if you pay your um, your VAT on a direct debit, they'll take it out anyway, even though they control it. So you have to cancel your direct debit, reinstate it later. I mean, it's just, but yeah, you'll have to pay it at some point. Oh man!
0: Out of curiosity, are they deferring the payments that they owe companies?
2: No, no, no. So they've said it's, it's only back... what
0: we owe them.
2: Yeah. So if you put, you, you still have to speak about return, if it's a refund position, they will repay you within their usual long time frame. But if you owe that... <laughs> you see, see, we're, we're, we're kind of
1: we're going a bit towards like tax is evil here. Now we've got to appreciate again, and I'm sure Simon, under- you know, appreciates this. Tax is required i used to absolutely hate paying tax i used to think why are they taking money off me i've earned this bloody bloody but we live in a society we wouldn't have a society if we didn't pay taxes we wouldn't have all the nice things that we have in the world if we didn't pay taxes we wouldn't have roads outside we wouldn't have although we can complain about things like bin services and everything else all that is paid for by tax Keeping the roads in uh, the roads around Lancashire are awful, by the way. Sort them out, Lancashire County Council. Um, but, um, <laughs> uh, they are well, the hideous, one of the, the worst in the country. Pat,
0: there's there's absolutely nothing wrong with paying tax. I think the problem that a lot of people have with taxes, and this is uh, such a far outside topic comment, yeah. but you know what it comes down to is it is confusing. What you need to do, depending upon what type of business you are, what type of income you bring in, the way that you are structured, the way that you are set up, the rules that are applied to you, the amount you're supposed to pay, when you're supposed to pay it, how you're supposed to pay it is confusing. It is not as simple as, hey, you know what, your company made 40000 this year, your company made $1 million this year, this is the way you break the taxes down, because realistically speaking... As a business, you are not just paying the typical business taxes. You are also paying the taxes on your employee because that's part of their paycheck. And you're supposed to take that and make certain that is paid to the correct departments, et cetera. And you've got to know what tax brands they're living in, what their actual pay uh, payroll salary um, band is, like there are so many levels. Then you start getting into things like, well, these people had maternity leave. That's under a different set of rules. These people now are SSP. That's a different set of rules. This person is now in garden. That's a different set of rules. This is a contractor. Now we have to, like, it starts to become infuriating. And then when you really want to get the answers, the problem I run into is I go to the site and it doesn't give me the answers I'm looking for. Or I log in and the system crashes.
1: Or it's got a humongous amount of documentation surrounding it that explains the simple rules in a non-simple way. You know, these are these are examples of Jeff doing his job doing this. Um but actually that is a not not really anything like real life, you know, that example. Um
2: I wonder what Yeah, they just have to make the rules more and more complicated and Start a really simple. you in a
0: job, Simon. Well, well, yes, <laughs> remember,
2: remember as well, the, was... the,
0: off-
1: the Office of Tax Simplification was only formed in uh, 2016 as well, so it's only four years thought. old. Not much, but that's the point. How long does it take anything to change in government? A long time, because it's this big As we've used the same analogy over and over again, it's this big tanker that you're trying to do a U-turn on, and Mm -hmm. it's got so much inertia that it takes so long to do anything because there's so many moving parts and so many things going on. So four years is a drop in the ocean.
0: Imagine an agile government. Well, they do try and do agile in
1: government. Well, no, well, we're, we we're trying imagine. to see an example
2: of that at the moment, aren't we, with the way they're responding to stuff. And even then, it, you know, day by day, they're having to slightly change what they've said and everything. But uh, I just want to tell you this little story. I remember once a client phoning me up and I always hate it when a client says, I was talking to my mate in the pub because, you know, whatever comes next. <laughs> the answer is no. <laughs> anyway, so saying, I-, I was talking to my mate in the pub. He doesn't pay any tax. No, does he not? I said, okay. No. I said, where does he live? He said, Well, Switzerland. And I said, Well, where do you live? Bradford. I said, mm-hmm. Well <laughs> you want to pay no tax? Go to Switzerland. <laughs> so it can I can, I
1: can I form a company in Ireland, uh, which is a bit of a tax haven, isn't it? You know, um apparently Although that's
0: actually changing apparently, which where? is why Google is actually pulling out of Ireland. Mm-hmm. So like, uh, don't even get me started on how Google does things with their reverse charging of something. My just, uh, my brain will explode. Oh,
1: it's 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 funny how many clients that I work for that when they ask me to, I, I'm working with their UK office, and then they ask me to invoice their uh, their Belfast office or you know the Dublin Dublin office. office, yeah, Dublin, yeah, not Belfast. Um, and and it to me, it's like, well, why is there so many companies in Dublin? What I don't understand, and I found out a while back, a good, a good while now, and it's not something I would want to do. I'm quite happy paying my tax, you know, as much. But the thing is, I'm still looked at as a tax evader a lot of the time because of the because of this PSC thing, you know. It's just really quite annoying because I, I do everything that I can. Anyway, we, we're veering off the subject but here. But
0: you know what? Now you've brought it up. I have to bring this up from the American perspective. <laughs> there is a zip code in America that is 100% not really a city, but a place where people send payments to. Right. And it is, you know, for credit card things, you'll always see something like it's in Delaware, yada, yada. Now, Delaware is known as a state that has like, at least when I lived there, and I keep in mind, I haven't lived in the United States since 2003, but they were known as the no tax state because you could go shopping and not have to pay tax and each state sets their own tax limit. So in one state, it would be like 7% on your purchases, whether it's food or clothing varied as to whether or not taxes were applied, whereas in another state, it was 22.5%. so it could vary and it would depend on where you want to go shopping but there is actually a zip code inside of Delaware for these businesses to exist in so that they can have certain tax advantages this is something that happens all over the world well it does
2: and basically everybody in the back in the day in the UK who set up a a company in the USA they were all registered in Delaware yes absolutely every single one of them it's actually good you mention it
1: When I, when I do my due diligence kind of companies house looking up for companies when I start, you know, dealing with them, I have seen Delaware more often, you know, in the US more often than other places in the US. So, oh, interesting. That's why, yeah. Right, so there, there we, are
0: coming, we are coming up to we the have, end of the show. We are, and I want to get your sum in, the summation of the things we've talked about. I'll let you do that.
1: Well, what I, was, what I was going to ask, Simon, is there anything else that's, uh, that needs to be highlighted specifically around the COVID changes that we haven't talked about? I know we can't talk about things in much detail, but is there anything else we need to brush over?
2: Well, if your business is um, paying rates or has a, um, small business rates relief, then your local council should be in touch with you and you should be getting a grant, £10,000, which you don't need to repay. But it's only for those businesses that either pay rates up to I think fifty one thousand, but most small businesses will have some sort of exemption. Um I know for Leeds they've got a special um email address, business.rates at leads.gov.uk. If you email them your rates, last rates bill and your bank account details, it will speed up the recovery of this ten thousand pounds. And I suspect other councils are the same.
1: But well, you're talking about premises rates, so places that have closed down this is going to be beneficial for my cafe down the road, you know and so yeah, yeah so if,
2: if the kind of cafe down the road is paying business rates and is able to get business rates relief or their rates was below, I think, £51,000, then they will get a £10,000 grant. Grants as well? It's not a loan? They don't. No, on, on budget day, it was three grand, and it's now gone up to ten grand. You know, it That's should be nice. paid sometime in April.
1: That's good. I hadn't heard of that one, but that again, it doesn't it doesn't apply to it doesn't me. Doesn't but... yeah, yeah. Because you're, you're, really... you're
2: in your global headquarters at the moment, aren't yeah, yeah. you?
1: Yeah, But no, that's that's really quite interesting because that I was I was quite worried. I've got to be honest about some of my local businesses that I frequent and I use, and I'm quite friendly with a lot of the the business owners. You know, that's what well, local businesses about. I'm
0: worried about them, but I'm still yeah. worried
1: about them. But I, that makes me feel a little bit better because if they're paying rates and they we're, were going to have to keep paying rates to keep the premises open that they've for example renovated and had shop fittings done in you know they've invested in that particular uh premises mm. then hopefully then they'll be
2: but even if they receive small business rates relief and even though they don't, technically they don't pay any rates they could still be entitled to this ten thousand pounds their council should contact them but they can speed they, things up
0: yeah i was about to say they should count contact them and i'm gonna keep my fingers crossed i did there's a couple of uh restaurants around my area that i really want to see survive and their latest facebook posts basically was you know a slight sentimental you know we can't we can't for the health of everyone we have to shut down and you could just hear them tearing up because this is their livelihood they're they're not you know capable of making anything right now at all and then of course on top of this you either what you furlough or you fire the people who work for you and your employees you care about like there's so many crazy things happening with this what i will say is simon is there a place people might be able to go to get some information about these constantly evolving changes
2: well i've tried to put oh my page. god <laughs> i've tried to put a page up on our website but it's changing on a daily twice daily basis so i do need to do a bit of an update so if you go to um asgarthaccountants.co.uk on the first page there is a link to it it's um and and it will take take you to the right page and i am desperately keeping it up to date um like i say, there's a few things i need to put on about the um what was announced today for the uh, the self-employed and i need to add something about the vat and cancelling your direct debit but apart from that it's as up to date at today's date as, as i'm aware of
1: Well, I think this has been a really concise, I know it's only an hour, but I think it's been a really concise, um, you know, piece of information for people. So I'm going to do, I'm going to do quite a lot of sharing of this podcast, particularly because um, there's a lot of people in my network that will benefit from this. So thank you very, very much, Simon. It's been uh, been wonderful.
2: It
0: has. So we should bring on or move into bring your own manual. What is one thing that you have learned this week? doesn't have any doesn't have to do anything with the coronavirus doesn't have to do anything with accounting it could just be something interesting that you have learned this week
2: <laughs> all i've learned new this week is all to do with the new rules i'm afraid boring accountant, but uh, just trying to keep up to date with all of that. it's just yeah <laughs> taking a lot of my time
1: well, I've had a few things this week, one in particular, which I'll start losing Simon a little bit here, but um, um, I've been working with Azure DevOps quite a lot recently, and I learned today, in fact, uh, after banging my head against a wall, thinking that, you know, when you make a mistake in the technical world, Josie, and you're convinced that the thing that you've done, say you've installed something new, in this instance, I installed PowerShell, um, a PowerShell module that uh, allows me to start my SSH agent up in PowerShell, right? Um, mm-hmm. uh, and then SSH stopped working in my Git bash. So I my brain immediately goes, oh, okay, right. So I've broken something by installing this module, uninstall the module, uninstall all of my command prompts, uninstall everything on my computer pretty much, spend all day doing this, trying to get it working, and then figure out that the actual problem is that I'd enabled, in this Git repository that used SSH, I'd enabled large file support, and in Azure DevOps, this is the this is what I've learned. In Azure DevOps, large file support is not supported via SSH. But the error message that I was getting back was completely irrelevant. It had nothing to do with. It didn't say LFS is not supported in SSH. I had to. It was. It was one line in a document in some documentation. Really deep into the MSDN pages that i found this out there's no pit, anything anywhere so yeah i've learned today that you have to use https if you want to use large file support in git there you go that's my learning
0: and <laughs> I, I i i have done that before i've kind of got above and beyond when i've seen something as part of my troubleshooting process so yes i i i get you i i get you because we're raised with the what's the last thing you've done kind of methodology and mentality other than the what has the settings or the configurations been set for. In my particular case, um, (laughs) I haven't learned much at all, like at all. And it's not because I haven't wanted to. Um, I guess the big thing I will state is one of the nicest and most I think pleasant things that has happened out of all of this nastiness going around with people having to stay home, people losing jobs and other things like that is a lot of the companies and the tools that I use are turning around and giving people free things, free months of their services if they're, you know, if they fit a certain criteria. Um, I think like, for example, Zapier, which is a bunch of when this happens, do this in another application. It's a bunch of, you know, communication between different platforms and things like that. And, you know, I think they said something along the lines of if you're a small company, if you have less than 10 employees and you fit a certain level of criteria, you can get like three months free of a particular plan of theirs other companies i've seen have turned around and said, you know, hey, you know what? we're not going to be able to charge you for this time and that's okay. everyone's going to get an increase. if you're if you're involved right now in any form of research help or doing anything involving COVID. There are companies like Axosoft who are giving away several free licenses for their Git Kraken client. There are companies like Slack that are saying, hey, if you're involved in the efforts, get in touch with us, let us help you set up communication hubs so that you guys can get everything that you need done. Like I, the 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 amount in the tech industry of people I've seen turning around trying to help, the big companies helping the small companies has been really nice. It has and it makes me smile i i want more so there's that is what i've learned is that despite the fact that generally speaking all we see is bad news there is still generally people are good
1: hmm. there's a slight skeptic <laughs> in me there that says that some of the some of the companies are still essentially trying to profiteer from that some of them some of them are genuinely just going right Don't get me
0: started on the Amazon guys saying people need to donate to the Amazon Relief Fund. Oh, no, no.
1: I'm not just saying that. I'm not talking about relief, actual direct donations to a nonsense fund. I'm talking about people who, like you mentioned Slack giving away, you know, free sell. Do you not think that maybe they're doing that so they can get more customers in the long run?
0: There is actually a huge Twitter post from the CEO of Slack about this from the day one because they are publicly traded. Right. So he went through this massive, long listing of, you know, pre day one, day two, day four, day five. And you see the changes that are occurring, the things that they're doing, the way that they're impacting. You see him actually explain the huge influx and the growth that has been happening, the amount of people who have escalated their plans for adoption. Like there is this huge post and he breaks that stuff down with a clarity that just made me sit back and go, wow. So I'll get you that link and in fact it'll be in our show notes as well because when I read it I literally sat there going huh that is interesting so but there was there
1: was someone still, there was someone on LinkedIn complaining about the remote sharing companies that are, are now profiting more than any other company probably you know we're talking about teams we got slack discord um
0: you saw the zoom problem where people zoom. were so you know when you weren't focused in on the zoom thing the administrator would know about it and like i've seen unfortunately i've seen now videos of people who are not used to being on video calls taking their laptops with them into the the bathroom without realizing that the camera's (laughs) on bless that
1: woman she had she had a mobile phone she was walking to the toilet and she was listening to like 16 people on a on a um on a voice chat she puts it down in front of the toilet so she can watch the chat well she's she pulls her pants (laughs) down and and then realizes a few seconds like everyone on chat's just laughing and she realizes a few seconds later and she just goes turns it around and it's like oh she must have died
0: (laughs) there's there's so many things (laughs) happening but yes there are i'm not gonna lie we live in a society where there are always going to be people there are scammers right now who are using covid19 as a way to gain you know some type of social engineering access into sites that's Never going to change. Yeah, of course. We live with people who are always driven by, in some cases, greed or selfishness or whatever. Just interest but sometimes. For the most part, regardless, right now, it seems more positive I've seen
1: a lot of personal acts of kindness as well. Ooh. You know, people in my street doing things that you wouldn't normally do. You know, people who. Uh, someone down down one of our streets, I'm on a corner, so there's one of the streets down there. Um, they. set set up a local group for making people aware of everybody else's kind of you know if anyone's health's going down or anything like that and and it's you know we've got a little bit of information about the bins from it and you know that kind of thing it's just the sense of community is quite good then we've got people over the road who are power washing the the cars and letting the kids run around in the street playing football and stuff because it because they're not at work and they're not at school and it's like that isn't the point here people we're supposed to be doing this for everybody not just ourselves let's stop being selfish and actually get on with it a couple of weeks ago i didn't think it was serious and and i i mean i didn't i didn't do anything out of the ordinary if you know what I mean but I didn't go out of my way to be you you, you know, questioned awkward.
0: you I questioned some things yeah, which is the smart thing to do you need to question in before, order to understand. before
1: probably a week before the quarantine came in I started realizing i would read a few, quite a few independent articles and started realizing how serious it was and it just takes a little bit of you know selflessness to to just accept that we we're going to be in this situation for a while and
0: and it's not just you it's Everybody and a lot of people in the world. And that, I think, is an interesting way to look at it. Yeah. But, yeah.
1: Okay, so let's close the show. We're slightly, slightly late.
0: Oh, we're only uh, slightly late, but I mean, it's Simon's here. We've been discussing taxes. So my fault. You guys are awesome. Yes, I'm <laughs> going to blame Simon for everything that could possibly, possibly go wrong. And poor Voltrach, just that I imagine them sitting on a mountains of toilet paper, living in constant fear of a band of hobbits trying to steal it away from them. Yeah, they we're talking about
1: small holding golders, and, and, and you
0: know, they're,
1: all, they're having a having a lord of the rings and, and
0: tilt up uh, yeah they're talking about things oh wow. Hobbit. i i i love you guys but yes we're now coming to the end of our show thank you to everyone in twitch chat for joining in you guys are awesome and also we've had a couple new names Johula. nice to meet you uh thank you so much for joining us thank you for everyone in the podcast who is listening into the future because as a reminder you can actually find us all over the place on podcasts but finally simon Thank you again for joining us. I hope you had more fun.
2: No, it was great fun. Thank you very much, Josie. Thank you, Chris. It's been fantastic.
0: And you can pimp yourself and your company or you can pimp (laughs) anything you want right now. So pimp yourself, Your time to
2: shine, Simon. It's
0: it's not the type (laughs) of thing you expect to say to your accountant. Simon, pimp yourself.
2: (laughs) Well, you can find me on uh, Twitter. at uh, the exciting handle of uh, Simon Accountant. I'm also uh, on Instagram with the same label. asgarth accountant, are on twitter asgarth ca um so do look us up do get in touch if you've got any questions check the website out i will try and keep it up to date with uh, the latest information from the uk government
1: <laughs> good stuff Go one hmm. oh, i thought you were gonna say something Josie. sorry um time for us to pimp a little bit now as well do not forget for those who are new to the channel Click the follow button above us. We we do appreciate it. If you need to know when we are uh, live again, uh, follow us on Twitch. You can visit our website, which is where everything else is, all links to all our other social media and all of our podcasting platforms um, and everything else. Pretty much we've got a site that works now. There are a few buttons there that uh, aren't labelled correctly. I haven't fixed yet, but we're in the middle <laughs> of doing some other work. So, hey, who cares? Uh, nobody goes there anywhere. Google Analytics tells me. Um, so you can go to our website, www.dnistream.live. If you you can also use the contact form to get in touch with us. If you've got a funny dev story, you've got any subjects you want us to cover, uh, you've got any nice things to say or any horrible things to say, just don't spread COVID to us via our contact form. No contact.
0: No, 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 no. See, that's the thing. We're only going to accept UDP packets, Chris. That's fine. We're avoiding TCP.
1: That's fine, I'll, I'll convert We don't want it.
0: TCP, we don't want handshakes. I'll
1: convert the internet to, to UDP.
0: <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> the internet would fall over if we went pure UDP. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Anyway. The, wow, geeky humour from us horrible people. Yeah. We hope to see you all next week at the same bad time, say bad channel, different bat guest. <laughs> Because we're having someone else join us. We are. Again, Thursday, UK time, 7pm, twitch.tv slash DNI stream. Note, I believe clocks change this weekend. Is it this weekend?
2: Last weekend in March, yes.
0: Oh, is it? Really? I thought it was June or July. Oh, okay. Right. Fine. So, please be aware that for those of you who are in other time zones in the UK, we are either going to be an hour later or we're going to be roughly about the same time because time zones in this world spring are Spring forward, whacking. it's
1: spring forward, so we are it going is, to be an hour later. Not but
0: every, not everybody follows the same exact rules. Well, nobody it follows it because zones. it's
1: British summertime, so nobody follows it exactly the same time. They might do it a week later or a week before. But,
0: but there are some that don't. Like, yeah. my point is, pay attention to the fact that times are changing. Just be aware. Like, so, you know... UK time, 7pm twitch.tv slash stream next week. Hopefully I'll be well by then. But other than that all that's left is to say goodbye. Goodbye, Chris.
1: Goodbye, everybody.
0: Goodbye, Simon. Goodbye, everybody. And goodbye, Josie. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>